Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, 17 through 19, called Having a Tested Faith. We're in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. So open your, your Bibles there, if you would. We're going to look at the testing of our faith tonight as we come to the story of Abraham and the great hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. The verses are 17 through 19. So once you got it, would you stand to your feet if you're able, and we'll read just these short verses together. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. Hebrews eleven eighteen. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. Lord God, as we move through this journey of the Hall of Faith in the book of Hebrews, we are grateful for every face that we meet. And for most of us, the faces are familiar, all so far from the book of Genesis, all very triumphant, towering stories of faith, and yet very real people who lived in very real times. And we know that the writer of Hebrews is writing this to encourage his audience, but this is also for our encouragement that we might have hope, that we might grow, that we might have endurance. So teach us faith tonight. Teach us deeper faith tonight in you as we study this particular incredible story of Abraham's test. We lay it at your feet. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. You can have a seat. Having a tested faith. So, We should remind ourselves uh, as we move through the book of Hebrews and specifically the great hall of faith that we've been introduced to several people so far. If you just peek back, the author has been defining faith in the first uh, several verses of the chapter and then he brought up Abel. Abel brought a superior sacrifice than Cain and was killed by his brother tragically. And we know that the little Hebrew church was under threat of persecution from their brothers, so to speak, That is, their Jewish brethren who had not embraced the gospel. The next by faith is verse 5, and that's Enoch. And Enoch was taken up in a sort of rapture uh, so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before he had been taken up, he was pleasing to God. If you were with us, we talked about that story of Enoch's faith, and the turning point in his journey was a the birth of a son, and that the birth of the son was named Methuselah. And we talked about how his name means, at least one uh, interpretation of his name, his death will bring it, specifically bring the flood. If you knew that the death of your own child, whenever he would die, would bring the flood, would that straighten out your walk a little bit? I would say so, and it did for Enoch. Then we met Noah. And Noah lived in a time when uh, the thoughts and intents of the heart were only evil continually. And Noah was asked to do a building project. And that was a massive ark. 
And it was a uh, product of faith. He hammered away and he preached to his generation. And there are many scholars that believe it took 120 years to assemble the ark. And in that window of time, God was calling upon the world to repent. And Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And he kept hammering and preaching and hammering and preaching. And we know what happened. The flood came and only he and his family got on the ark. Eight persons and all were saved. And then the next uh, individual we've met is Abraham. By faith, verse 8, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. And remember, as David taught us last time with all of his neat slides and maps and verses, which I will give you none of those tonight. You're going to have to learn by faith tonight. No visuals tonight. But anyway, David does a great job, doesn't he? And, and he took us through that journey where Abraham or Abram was called to leave his homeland and not told where he was going to go. He was just told that you need to walk by faith. And so he packed up and he went. And then the second, uh, you could say, test or miracle in Abraham's life was, you're going to have a child, and that child will be the one through whom your seed will be called. Or all the blessings of, remember how David showed us the picture of the stars last week if you were with us? He showed us stars from the... uh, the location of Hawaii, not the Inland Empire. Inland Empire, about seven stars are visible. But he's showing us what he would see in Hawaii. And of course, when Abraham was alive and there were no, nothing to get in the way of seeing the, the beauty of the stars, it's just amazing to see you know, how many stars he would be counting perhaps forever. And so shall your descendants be. And we know the the singular problem there was that Abraham didn't have a child and he was old. The the first introduction to the promise, I think Abraham 75, when the baby comes, the baby Isaac, Abraham is 100 and Sarah is 90 years old. And he waited and he waited and he waited. And to wait was a test, amen? Amen. Sometimes that's our biggest test, to just wait on the Lord and wait for the realization of the promise. And we know that Abraham and Sarah got in trouble and they tried to speed things up and Ishmael was born. And many of you are familiar with that story. That was more the work of the flesh, not the actual promise of God. But when the fullness of time came, if you will, Isaac came along and his name, the the Jews might call him Isaac. And his name means he laughs or laughter. And it's interesting because when this announcement was made to both Abraham and Sarah, they both laughed. Sarah laughed like, really? You know, I'm going to have a baby when I'm really this old. And Abraham laughed too. And so the child was called he laughs or laughter. And of course, God had the last laugh. Amen. And he always does, by the way. And the child was born. And I would imagine that uh, there was great laughter in not only the tents of Abraham and Sarah, but also with their friends and family. And as one writer put it, I'm sure there was laughter in the halls of heaven. And so this little child comes along and uh, uh, a promise is realized. And he's a walking miracle. And he had to bring joy into their life constantly. And maybe they laughed every time they looked at him or when they called him, laughter, come for breakfast. (laughs) You know, there was constant reminders of this miracle, which is beautiful. But then something happened. Verse 17 says, by faith, and this is in our particular chronology, the third 
test of faith, but the Jewish uh, scholars say that Abraham went through at least 10 tests in his lifetime from God. But I would, I would submit to you that maybe 10 tests isn't enough. Because something that you and I need to know, if you haven't learned this before, this may be new territory, maybe it's a reminder for many of you, God does test us. God is in the testing business, and by faith, 17, Hebrews 11, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up laughter, or Isaac. Now, if you're familiar with the story in Genesis 22, you know that God instructed Abraham to take his son, his only son, and of course, we know Isaac wasn't his only son, but he was the son of promise. He was the only begotten, if you will, And he was to take him to a mountain that God would show him and offer him as a burnt offering to God. Now, if you were Abraham and you heard that news from the Lord, that after all this time, after this miracle has occurred in your life and little laughter is now, you know, walking around the tent and making everybody, you know, have a renewed joy, if you will, now I'm supposed to do what? I want you to take him to a mountain that I will show you, familiar language to Abraham, right? Go, I'm going to show you the place and you offer him up as a burnt offering to me. And to the Jew, familiar with sacrifice, and of course this is before the temple, but sacrifices were being made before the temple, it was a terrible thing to think through what a sacrifice meant because it was the slitting of the throat of an animal and basically a dismembering of the animal and ultimately uh, a burnt offering meant that you burnt the offering to a crisp. What would be left of that offering was an ash pile. And I want you to see if you could put yourself for a second in Abraham's sandals and imagine, if you're a parent, that you would take your child, you would slay your child as if you were doing an animal sacrifice, and then you would set that child on fire until he was burnt to ashes. I mean, that is, uh, it's unthinkable. It's It's beyond what any of us could even fathom. In fact, it's caused some people to really be hard on God and say, how how could he ever even suggest such a thing? And why would he ever put Abraham through such a thing? But here we are, and this is the reality, and the writer of Hebrews has brought it up, and we have to ask why. Why, by the Holy Spirit, did he choose Abel, Enoch, Noah, and now Abraham, and why this particular story? Well, we've, we've seen there's others, but why this one? Because the Hebrew church is going through a test. Amen? What's their test? Well, they live in a time when it's very hard for them to be Christians. They're being rejected by their culture, rejected by the religious tradition that they grew up with. There's a lot of pressure to succumb, to go back to the temple, to go back to the Old Testament sacrifices, to go back to the shadows. And they may be saying something like this, why is God doing this to us? Ever been there before? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. Welcome to Walk in Truth. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. And access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. That's how I showed my anger. Not in words, but in you can't have me. Mm -hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Well, we've, we've seen there's others, but why this one? Because the Hebrew church is going through a test. Amen? What's their test? Well, they live in a time when it's very hard for them to be Christians, they're being rejected by their culture, rejected by the religious tradition that they grew up with. There's a lot of pressure to succumb, to go back to the temple, to go back to the Old Testament sacrifices, to go back to the shadows. And they may be saying something like this, why is God doing this to us? Ever been there before? Why are you doing this to me, Lord? Why are you putting me through this test? I don't understand Put yourself in Abraham's sandals. How could he even fathom such a request from God? But the writer of Hebrews has brought it up because he knows that his audience, his recipients of this original letter are going through their own trial and they have to see it as a test as well. And I wonder if you and I, when we go through our trials, can see them as tests as well because God does test In fact, the verse right before us says it, by faith Abraham, when he was tested. And I want you to see the language here. He offered up Isaac. The writer of Hebrews says it in such a way as if it happened. And in one sense, it did. Because Abraham, remember, he had the knife up. He was ready to do it. And in heaven's eyes, God, or I should say Abraham, offered up Isaac. He was obedient to what God called him to do. In heaven's eyes, he did it. But Abraham was spared something that God the Father didn't spare himself. While Abraham was stopped from killing his son, God the Father allowed his own son to die. What was Abraham's test was God's reality. And there's something else that you and I need to see here, and it's this, that Though it was a test for Abraham, there was something very much more going on here. Because Abraham's walk to Mount Moriah, and we'll take a peek at the text in a moment, but I think most of you are familiar with it. When he goes to Mount Moriah, to the mountain that God shows him to go to, that mountain range, that area up there, is the Temple Mount, and the, the area encompasses the crucifixion site. 
And 2,000 years later, a father, the heavenly, our heavenly father, would offer God the son who took on human flesh. And he would go up on that place where Jesus would be crucified and act out the gospel 2,000 years before the gospel was realized. And get this. What is the Hebrew church struggling with? Oh, they're going through a test, but what's at the heart of the test? The gospel. The truth that God sent his son to die to be the propitiation for our sins, that all of the types and shadows are fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And the Hebrew church is reeling because they're trying to defend that gospel. They're trying to stand on that hill, if you will, and not back down from it. And God is taking them through the incredible richness of the scriptures and saying, go back to Mount Moriah, go back to Abraham, go back to Isaac, Go back to the offering and know this, that you're not the first one that had to stand for the gospel. You're not the first one who went through a test and had to make a stand and decide whether or not you would live for this and even perhaps die for it. This is what is before us. And Abraham was tested. And this was not Abraham's first test. As I mentioned in Jewish tradition, 10 tests, but I wonder if that's even enough. And I wonder how many times God is testing me and I don't even realize what's going on. And I also wonder when he tests me if some of it has absolutely nothing to do with me. I want to make it about me all the time. Anybody else? Why are you doing this to me? How could this happen to me? Me, 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 me. You know, choirs that are warming up, they're very selfish people. They make it all about them. Me, 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 me. <laughs> Never mind. It wasn't even in the notes, and there was a reason for it. Anyway. Okay, just a few verses if you're taking notes. De- Deuteronomy 8, 2 says, And you shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you, Deuteronomy 8, 2, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you, verse 3, and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he, may, he might make you understand that man does not live on bread alone. Man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Proverbs 17, 3 says, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. Psalm eleven three 3 through 5 reads this way. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. That's Psalm 11.4. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. And the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Psalm 26, 1 through 3 says, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. For your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. And then finally, Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. That the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's 
1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. We've learned recently as we've gone through the gospel of Matthew in Matthew chapter 4 that when Jesus was tempted by the devil, there's a single Greek word that is used in the Greek New Testament for either tempt or test, and it's a word called parazo. And I've given you the spelling before. I don't think it's significant, but it's just so that you know that the word can be a temptation if it's coming like from the enemy and a test if it's coming from God. And, and teachers have said that what God often means is a test, Satan will use as a temptation. And I think you've all probably heard something like that before. The word test in the Greek parazo means to examine, to uh, test, and you can simply define it this way, to put to the proof So when you're tested, it's to put you to the proof. What does that mean? To see what comes out, to see how you respond, to see what the metal looks like. How far is it refined in the furnace, as it were? You've been listening to Having a Tested Faith, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, just to let you know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our hope is to broadcast this program on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Our ministry has grown a lot over the years, and it's thanks to our church and our listeners that have become our financial partners. Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of walk in truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, maybe you, hearing that God tested Abraham, you're appalled. (laughs) You might say, how could he do that to this poor man who waited so long for this miracle child and then he asked him to sacrifice him? What in the world is going on? Why would God do that? Well, God was working on many levels as he always is. And one thing that he was doing was he was testing Abraham. (laughs) He's saying, duh, Pastor Michael. Well, God does test our faith. That is to perfect our faith. That's number one. Number two, God was showing 2,000 years before it happened, the gospel, through the prophetic act of Abraham being willing to offer Isaac. Remember, God stopped him. So Abraham's willingness is part of the story, but the wood, the fire, the ram caught in the thicket, the location, oh, all of it is prophetic. In the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Oh, the Lord was about to provide a couple thousand years later, of course, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. My friend, he can take away your sin. He's already paid for it. But you've got to receive him as your king, your Lord, and your savior. And yes, I would say a sinner's prayer is part of it. Cry out, repent. You got to pray, right? You're going to have to call out to him, which is prayer. 
However, it's not just that. He wants you to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. He wants you to be a disciple. We're called to make disciples, not just someone who mouths a sinner's prayer to get fire insurance, but someone who says, this God is worthy to be followed. And then you give him everything. And if you lose your life, you will gain it back. And that a thousand times over because you'll have an eternal inheritance. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. And we've been walking through Hebrews and we're in chapter 11, the great test of Abraham's faith. And we're going to have a part two tomorrow, Lord willing. So meet us here. If you want to know more about how to partner with us, walkintruth.com, click on that donate tab. Want to know more about the church behind the ministry, Living Truth in Corona, walkintruth.com and click on that church tab. And hey, we would love for you to be praying for us, partner with us, reach out to us. There's a comment section on the website. Let us know how the program's blessed you. Let us know how we can pray for you. All found at walkintruth.com. God bless. Check out the website and we'll see you right here tomorrow. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast to reach more people like you with the hope of Jesus. And now we offer the Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your donation. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 about having a tested faith. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.